0: great thing about amazon is they are a culture of second chances they truly believe in second chances and they believe in an escalation culture where if there is a false positive they want you to tell them and explain what went wrong thanks for subscribing to the Zoncom podcast the podcast all about amazon conversations these are the tips and tricks to become an amazon millionaire Here is your host, Andrew Erickson. He is all things Amazon, and so is this podcast. Let's have an Amazon conversation.
1: Hey, hey guys, welcome back to the Zoncom Podcast. I am here with Leslie Hesel. She is a co-founder of Riverbend Consulting. Leslie has really, really amazing tips today about how to protect your account and protect your ASINs from being suspended. She basically is here to tell us how to protect our account from Amazon. How can we work with Amazon without being squashed by Amazon? So Leslie, thank you so much for being here.
0: Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it.
1: Nice. And then, Leslie, uh, maybe give us a little bit more of an intro. Like uh, You co-founded Riverbend Consulting, but why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself and and about your company?
0: Absolutely. So I've been a seller on Amazon since 2010, so quite a long time. Veteran. Nice. Yes. (laughs) You know, I always say if you've been on that long, you're a grandma on Amazon. I'm not a grandma in real life, but on Amazon, I certainly am. My partner and I started Riverbend about four and a half years ago and we have grown to more than 75 employees, including 15 ex-Amazonians, which is super useful for our client base. So we help people when their accounts are suspended or their ASINs are suspended to get back up on the platform. So we've helped thousands of businesses over the years. And, you know, Amazon's just a really challenging place to work. There are a lot of you know, secrets, things they never tell you. Like when your product's been mismeasured and your fees are too high, how do you solve that? Well, it doesn't tell you that in help. So it's those kinds of issues, lost inventory, trans-shipping, all those things that cost you a bunch of money every day and you have no idea how to solve it. That's that's what we help people with.
1: I love it. I love it. The things they never tell you. Well, guess what? We are the they. We are going to tell you all about those things today. Uh, I'm really excited about this. And I got to say... Leslie, I appreciate you having the service for everybody because I personally know probably about a dozen people who've used your service and it's worked out great for them, mostly for ASIN suspension, but other stuff too. So I I can personally testify that my at least my friends have used you and and have loved it so far.
0: Yay! That is so great to hear. Thank you.
1: Yeah. Cool. All right. Let's jump into it. So the first one that. We we kind of talked a little bit about some things we could chat about on this uh, Amazon Conversation podcast today. Um, and the big one here is kind of what's the newest thing that Amazon is suspending our ASINs for right now?
0: So Amazon is still being extremely aggressive about restricted products. And people think that doesn't apply to them because they're not selling a restricted product. Oh, contraire. So Amazon is using artificial intelligence to identify what they consider to be restricted products on the platform. Now, the things that are restricted products legitimately are like gun parts or supplements with ingredients that you're not supposed to sell. Um, any, a lot of weapons are restricted products. So Amazon will say, okay, I've crawled through the catalog and I've found that your product is restricted and it can't be sold. Um, Unfortunately, the artificial intelligence will flag things like, "Okay, here's one of my favorites. How about a statue of an owl? Because it's a pesticide.
1: A statue of an owl. Oh, because it's you're getting rid of pests. Mm -hmm. With the owl presence. Oh, interesting. But
0: but obviously that's a false positive, Uh right? (laughs) Um, There are tons of false positives on Amazon's AI. Uh, For a lot of supplements, they will say you're making a health claim that you can't make. Well, sometimes Uh you didn't actually make the health claim. They just picked one word out of the listing and suspended it. Um, another favorite of mine, so restricted products, also the adult flag falls under that. So Mm -hmm. for those of you who don't know, there's a seamier side of Amazon where the adult products are sold. They call it sex and sensuality. And sometimes a bad actor, a competitor will get an adult flag thrown on your product and it'll send it on over there and call it restricted. Uh, so we had a child's blanket that had stars on it that was marked as an adult product. Also a cane, like a walking cane, uh, was blocked as a restricted product for being an adult product. So obviously lots of false positives, y'all. And uh, Amazon's super aggressive right now. Part of the problem is that they are trusting the AI. So when something is supposed to be suspended for being a restricted product and an investigator looks into it, they do not feel empowered to overrule the artificial intelligence. So they'll actually let some of these stand, even though they're absolutely ludicrous.
1: I always tell people, yes, I always tell people, Amazon is a giant algorithm. It's a giant, huge computer. And they go, well, I called somebody on the phone. Like, no, no, no. That was that was the, the little peon that the computer like like sent after you. But no, no, Amazon is a giant algorithm. It's a machine. You have to figure out how the machine works and the cogs and the artificial intelligence or sometimes the artificial not so intelligence uh, that this, that the system works. So yeah, interesting. Okay. I have a personal story, personal anecdote on this. So I was selling a product that's related to beer. It was a, a wooden beer flight, like a little, I don't know, you see it at like a little a bar. It's just like a home version of that. And uh, so it's going well, you know, it's whatever, 10,000 a month, kind of just a kind of easy breezy product. And all of a sudden everything was selling well, I was going, doing the thing, it was normal. And then all of a sudden I realized my sales dropped by a little bit, but not by a lot. I looked at the account, uh, inventory's fine, the status is fine, everything's fine. Couldn't figure out what the problem was. I realized that my PPC, my advertising had been turned off for some reason. I'm like, well, that's weird. And I started like hitting the like start again, but it's already started, and I couldn't figure it out. It took me forever to figure out that it was adult was categorized as an adult product uh it makes sense beer i guess beer sort of even though it's made of it's wood you know it's not it's like a beer accessory um and it took me it took me a month to figure out that it was actually my that my advertising had been turned off because it's a stupid adult product so can you tell me how do you know that you're like you're like flagged as an adult product
0: So what's fascinating about PPC is that Amazon will block PPC for products that they will allow you to have on the platform. And it's like a higher threshold that you have to meet to be able to advertise. So anything that is related to alcohol or promotion of alcohol is what that falls under. So we have had other clients recently who've had the same problem with things like decanters which, oh my goodness, come on, it's a piece of glassware. And we've had the same issue with decanters. Now, technically speaking, what the PPC team has done falls under their rules. However, that is something that we have been able to escalate and solve in many cases um, by going and showing that there are, okay, on Amazon, you can't say, but they do it too. You can't get away with that. But sometimes on some of this PPC stuff, you can do a search and come up with pages and pages and pages of companies that are being they're able to, to run PPC. So you either need to turn it all off or you need to not turn any of us off, is essentially the argument we make on that. It is very frustrating with these tangential project products. I understand it a lot more like Amazon took down all the grinders, the weed grinders. And these guys had gotten away with having weed grinders on no, forever. it was oregano. It was an
1: oregano grinder. Oh, yeah, that's
0: it. It was oregano. <laughs> huh? and, and people had managed to keep them up for years. And then Amazon did something to the algorithm last year where they found them all. And they took them all down. Well, there's still some grinders up, but they can't advertise. And then there's some that are advertising. And we've had to tell the clients who want to argue because they can't advertise theirs. They just need to shh. Or they're gonna get the whole product taken down. So stop arguing about the PPC, y'all. I'm so sorry. I know it hurts, but you just there's sometimes you, you just you just be very quiet. Don't poke the
1: bear. So so okay, so Amazon so the big so you said the biggest thing now is that Amazon is the basically the, the issue is that they're maybe I guess maybe you're so the AI is finding things that are, are restricted. Yes. I guess some things actually should be restricted. I so mean, the AI is coming through and cleaning up what should be cleaned up. But let's say we got false positive and we of course open up a case with Seller Central and of course as we know anybody who's done that, oh man, it is hard to talk to anybody with an IQ above room temperature in Seller Central, so in Seller Support. So, um how if we've done the two or three open two or three cases and still nothing nothing nothing, how do we fix that? Well, what do we do to remedy that?
0: Seller support can't help you on this one. Um, And seller performance can't either. Restricted products team is separate from seller performance. They're hybrid. They're kind of under seller performance, but they're also under legal. Um, As you can imagine, because we're talking about gun parts and drugs, right? So it's under legal. Um, So there is a restricted products team, so you write up your appeal explaining why it's a false positive and why it's wrong and then you open a case with seller support and you say, hey seller support, please forward my appeal to the restricted products team. Now just by doing that you're more likely to get your problem solved because they don't give you an easy way to appeal restricted products. It's not simple. And if you don't specifically ask seller support to send it on to the restricted products team, a lot of them don't know to do that. So it just goes into some circular file. So you definitely want to ask them to send it to the restricted products team so that you have any hope at all of getting this solved.
1: Interesting. I did not know that. That is cool. So how do I know? Are there some words I should words or things i should like be careful about not using or not saying or not doing uh, to make sure i don't get false flagged
0: yes so especially on anything that's about health um, anything that is about beauty anything that is about like a supplement of any kind you really have to avoid medical claims and they consider things that you and i in casual conversation would not consider to be a medical claim To be a medical claim. So you really have to read through your listing very skeptically and really think about is this something that someone would consider to be a claim and how can I soften or change that language? So it doesn't seem like I'm saying I'm going to cure your diabetes. I might be able to help with symptoms associated with diabetes, for example, but I can't say I'm going to cure it. It's the same with pesticide claims, which everyone has faced pesticide claims over the last six to 12 months. And same kind of thing, you cannot say, this is going to get rid of this problem. It's, it's used to treat this problem, but you can't claim you're going to solve the problem.
1: We had a thing we used to call pesticide jail. <laughs> where if you got stuck in pesticide jail if you got flagged as pesticides there was like basically this was at least this is a year and a half ago i think they kind of fixed this now but we used to get stuck and there wasn't really a button to like unstuck yourself or or to like open a case or whatever and it was super fr- Oh you know, oh i remember what it was if you're a foreigner Oh, if you're US yes. based, you can do there's like a there's like an eight minute survey Just say like, yeah, okay, cool. Okay, great. Thanks. And then you can get out of pesticide jail. But if you're a foreigner, you can't do it for some reason. Right. And you're just stuck. And I knew people who were kind of like, they call the Amazon guy, and they have somebody on the inside who could like flip their account for them, whatever, be it like, know a guy who knows a guy. I was super frustrating. Is that are, is that pesticide jail still a thing? Or has that been kind of fixed?
0: so i think most people who that's relevant to their account they've probably taken the class by now it's a very short class it takes 30 minutes you have to watch some videos and answer the questions correctly and i i I just think most active accounts they've dealt with that at this point in time it is still a requirement that for products with an EPA registration number, you have to be a US-based account. There's still limitations on that and will be. Um, people who had that problem, I think they decided that they were going to change the way they were selling the product and just had to work around. So it's, it, I mean, every, no problem with Amazon just goes away. I think that most people have dealt with it in, within their individual accounts.
1: Interesting. Hmm. So let's say we have an ASIN that uh, is performing poorly. Are there some things we can do to kind of boost up our worst performing ASINs?
0: Absolutely. And in fact, I recommend to my clients that they always have a strategy going where they are working on their worst performing ASIN. You should never not be working on your worst performing ASIN. So, the reason for this is, especially if you're an FBA seller, but it affects everybody. As you know, when you have returns, you're eating all those fees, right? You may not be, um, you know, they debit the amount out of your account that you sold the item for, right? It gets returned to Amazon. And you eat all the fees. You don't get that money back. It's gone forever. When, because they picked it. They packed it. They shipped it. They did their job. And so you're paying for that. So when you have an ASIN that's underperforming and it's getting a lot of returns, it is killing your bottom line. And you may not even realize it. You don't realize how bad it is because you look at your account overall and you're not looking at your profitability ASIN by ASIN. Most people do not do that. So um I recommend that your team always have this strategy turned on. And depending on how many ASINs you have in inventory, you might decide I'm going to fix one a month or one a week, or some of my very large clients, they're targeting a new ASIN every single day for improvement. So you're looking through your returns reports, you're looking at your comments, you're looking at reviews, um, you're looking at any kind of seller feedback that you have, then calculate your return rates inside your account for your various ASINs and pick out the one that is doing you the most damage. And then you have to do the root cause analysis, just like Amazon would ask you to do if they suspend the ASIN, which we're going to keep them from suspending that ASIN too, because we're going to fix whatever that problem is before Amazon complains to you and tells you to fix it, right? So you're proactively fixing these things. So it might be you figure out the listing detail page is inaccurate or misleading or confusing to people. They're expecting one thing and they get something else. Or you might figure out your packaging isn't strong enough. So things are arriving damaged um, or the packaging is misleading or confusing again to some people. Um, Sometimes it is the pick and pack at Amazon, it's the they're sending something in a padded envelope that needs to go in a box, or your own 3PL operation is doing that. Whatever it is, focus on that worst-performing ASIN and fix that problem. It might be you've got to do a redesign next time your contract manufacturer is, is creating the product and doing a run. Maybe the sealer isn't working, they're on the on the cap on the lid of your product. Maybe uh, the bottle needs to go into a box, whatever that is. You might have a manufacturing issue, so it might take a while to solve, but sometimes it's really as easy as, golly gee, we should be bubble wrapping that. So if you can, (laughs) or let's fix that listing detail page today. So if you can fix your ASINs one at a time and have that continual improvement you're going to see your profitability improve over time which is super exciting and you're going to have less returns show up at your doorstep because we all know we want less returns showing up at our doorstep yeah
1: <laughs> there's I love nothing it.
0: worse when they back up the ups truck and they bring all the, <laughs> that motley collection of boxes and envelopes and whatever and just dump it on it's the worst
1: uh, it's in and that's one thing that a lot of people don't talk about because it's not as sexy, uh, right? Because, like, the giant brand new launch campaign and how to blah 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 the thing, right? It's way more yeah. sexy than, than like the due diligence you have to do every single day, every single month to make your product a little bit better. I love the thing you said there, focus on the on the negatives and focus of the, on the returns. One thing I definitely would suggest you guys do is check out the return report. Um, it's, uh, Maybe I'll find a link for it. It's uh, I think it's, I'll have to find it uh, for you guys, but uh, return report and gives you a little comment of like <laughs> what everyone says on your product. And we did this. This is, I would say maybe like, uh, I never had done this until maybe like my second or third year in business. And I looked at it and I found that there were some really easy, low hanging fruit. The biggest one is that people thought our product was substantially bigger than it actually is. Because we take pictures of it like zoomed up, you know, zoom, you know we, we zoom in and show kind of like, oh, wow, like look at this cool, amazing feature. And then, like, you zoom right. in and see the whole thing, right? People thought that they were buying this like three foot wide thing, but no, it's 16 inches. It's just like the photo makes it look really nice. And we're not photo- we're not lying. We're just like taking a zoomed in photo, right? You want me to take a photo of, me, of it like really far away? Of course not, right? So what we ended up doing is, and of course of course, you know, cause I have an engineering background. So I said, you know, you know, it's, it's 32 centimeters by 26.3 centimeters. That was the fifth bullet point or the, or the third paragraph, of the product description. No one reads that. <laughs> no one does that. Right. So we had to do to improve that was just go through and we, we took pictures of people holding it. So now you kind of get that perspective of what it looks like when someone holds it. And of course it's, you know, Pretty person smiling, whatever holding the product, right? And so um, that drastically reduced our return rate. And the awesome thing is that yes, you are right, that returns are expensive. So it just straight up just instantly improved our profitability. There's so many other things too that improves. The big thing is that uh, Amazon's Choice badge highly connected to the return rate. It's mostly the the conversion rate, uh, review rate, and then. Return rate, and so if you have a low, if you have a good return rate, a low return rate, then all that stuff is a lot better. That's so I love that. It's a good tip there,
0: right? And a lot better reviews too, because Mm -hmm. those people who return it are much more likely to give you negative reviews. I've got to give you an example of something we found with a client that just blew my mind. This guy is a reseller of Nike shoes and apparel. And he has a an agreement with Nike. So he's getting it direct from the manufacturer and has sold it for many years. And he had his return rate just went through the roof and he couldn't figure out why. So I was going through his returns report with him and we figured out there was this one line, this specific line of women's clothing that if you went through that return report, too small, too small, too small, too small, too small, too small. And these are people with some kind of, you know, brand loyalty who are used to buying Nike and they know how Nike fits them. But this particular line, for some reason, ran really small. And so for him, the answer was he just discontinued selling that and he sent it all back to the manufacturer and got a credit for it because it was all, and he had the proof. It's all too small, y'all. This is badly sized. Um, we we had another uh, client who didn't want to believe voice of the customer, which is another place you find, Good ASIN data didn't want to believe Voice of the Customer um, that there was something wrong. They were selling a set of a, a shampoo and a conditioner. And if you go through and look at the Voice of the Customer, you could see all these people who said, "I got two shampoos. I got two shampoos. I got two shampoos." Well, if they had just looked in there, you know, a few weeks before the ASIN got suspended, they would have seen that everyone said they got two shampoos. Everybody's not lying to you, y'all. It was. It was an error at the warehouse. You didn't ship a, a shampoo and a conditioner. So you you really have to be – I sellers really need to be more skeptical in their own accounts and a little more self-critical instead of assuming that um, all the buyers are out to get them. I know that there's bad return reasons. Uh-huh. <laughs> I know people want free shipping. I know all that but you still have to be skeptical enough that you're going to save yourself money um, by figuring out when it is a real complaint.
1: One of my pet peeves, when I talk to a lot of Amazon sellers, is that whenever they get a one-star review, instantly assume it's a competitor. Hmm. And I'm like, but they said that the screw fell off and there's a picture of the screw falling off. (laughs) And it kind of... I from the picture it doesn't look like the screws all that strong anyways it sounds like it might, it's just one or two reviews like this like well oh, no it's definitely a competitor i'm like but it looks legit maybe first i would say first assume it's legit and then until proven raw until proven it's a competitor then then yeah it's probably a customer complaining and take it take it seriously
0: yeah i went through the same thing with a client who sold a lemon squeezer we all know the jokes about how many lemon uh-huh. squeezers are on amazon <laughs> Um, But this was a private label lemon squeezer that uh, they got a lot of complaints that the paint was coming off into the food and they refused to believe it. Same thing. And so we went through and like tallied how many over the last however many months since their last production run. Cause I was like, okay, tell me when your last production run was. And there weren't any complaints of that before. And then with the new production run, there were a whole lot. So no, this isn't a competitor. This is your last production run. I had a problem and there's paint chips in people's food. I mean, <laughs> come
1: on. Yikes.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's, there's all kind oh there's all kinds of scary product liability things out there y'all on amazon
1: i did find the uh again if you guys want to check out the return report it's our central reports fulfillment and the report is called fba customer returns so there you go uh got some homework assignment for you guys who are listening check that out uh great so leslie the next thing i want to talk about were reviews speaking of reviews uh yeah we were talking about yeah maybe competitors are leaving reviews which is manipulating our reviews but I know people have different, let's call them strategies on getting, let's call it creative strategies on getting reviews. And some people, some are a lot more legit than others. So can you tell me a little bit about how Amazon sees review manipulation?
0: Amazon has really been cracking down and it's not going to change anytime soon. And I think what is very useful for sellers to understand is why Amazon is doing what they're doing to help you maybe adjust or think through your risk tolerance for these strategies of obtaining reviews. Because if you just say, everyone else is doing it, so I'm going to do it, you're not really thinking about what your risk tolerance should be and how to manage that risk. So Amazon um, is being pursued very aggressively right now by the Federal Trade Commission. Over the last year, Um, the Biden administration has gotten to change the composition of the Federal Trade Commission as one of those things that presidents get to do. And this group is much more aggressive. And one thing they're going after is fake reviews, not just on Amazon, everywhere. In fact, they had a press release that came out along with a spreadsheet that had hundreds of companies that you have heard of all of them that were listed as, why do you have fake reviews on your platform? You need to do something right now. And some of these were like direct to consumer from large brand platforms. It was pretty shocking. So There's that, and then there's also a lot of legislators who are after Amazon right now who are threatening regulation and all the monopoly breakup bills that have been proposed, all of this, and review manipulation and manipulation on the platform is part of the reasoning behind all of that. So when you see all of those things, you understand that Amazon isn't coming after you because they necessarily even care or want to. It's because it's all rolling downhill from the feds and from some states. And so when you've got it all rolling downhill, they can't just throw their hands up and say, oh well, seller's gonna sell, right? They just can't do that. They have to actually do something about it. And so that's why you're seeing things like these refund platforms out there, the ones that have remained. So first Amazon took down some that had access by API then they send out nasty grams to everyone who had used those. And now they're actually suing some of these refund platforms and going after them. So what Amazon does is they'll say, okay, Bob, I see that you're using something that I don't like to promote your product. So it might be a chat bot that you're using to get reviews or some service that you're buying reviews from. So they're, they're going to take Bob's account down and then they'll say, hey, Bob, you want to get reinstated? So to do that, you're going to tell me all about all the services that you've used. You're going to give me their address, their name, their phone number, their website. You're going to give me receipts and invoices that show that you paid the money. You're going to show correspondence. So why would Amazon do that? Because they're building a case so that they can sue them or send them a cease and desist. Just like they did recently with those two refunds companies. So we've seen this for years. Um, We help people get reinstated for review manipulation, platform manipulation, BSR manipulation, all the manipulation. We help them get reinstated all the time. And most of the time as part of that appeal, we have to provide documentation. So in other words, you're ratting other people out so you can get back on the platform. And all that information doesn't just, it may go in a circular file for now, but they're gathering it all up so that they can go after these bad actors. Um, And another important thing to know about review manipulation is that it's two strikes and you're out. So if you get caught once, I can get you back on. Um, Even if you've done terrible things. I can usually get you back on. Our success rate with review manipulation is close to 100%. But the second time you do it, nobody can get you back on. God himself can't get you back on. It's not going to happen. So that's why it's so risky. Because if you do it once and get caught, say you have an employee who does something, they can take you down. Or you have a competitor who does something to you, that could take you down and make it really hard for you to come back, even though it was a competitor because you have to prove a negative that it wasn't you. And then one last thing I want to throw out about review review manipulation, because this is new, something very new and and hot and interesting. Um, Recently, we've seen where they're taking individual ASINs down instead of an account. And they're essentially saying, you've got reviews that look Hinky, so we're going to take all those down, and in the meantime, we're reducing the discoverability of your ASINs. Now, we think that means we can't prove it was you, <laughs> all of our data we've got data, but we can't nail you, so we're going to reduce the discoverability, we're going to take down all those bad reviews, and then eventually it's gonna kind of go back to normal. What we've done for some clients is we've helped them write appeals that gets their discoverability reinstated quickly. Um, Sometimes they actually had a few bad reviews and we provided data on those reviews so that Amazon could take them down with confidence, and then uh, reinstate the discoverability of their product.
1: Oh man, okay. There's a lot to unpack here. Interesting, <laughs> interesting. Okay, so first of all, let's give a huge disclaimer, guys. The best way to do well is to have a great product, offer great customer service, and make marketing promises that you can deliver on. Right. So let's just do that. Okay. You'll get naturally get you'll naturally get good reviews. Okay. So, uh, and I'm a big believer in not doing black cat things, but now let's talk about kind of these edge cases here. Did not know that Amazon lets you get one strike. That's interesting. So, so like, no matter what you can do, like, so so I'm, I don't suggest this, but would one be correct in saying, let me go as hard as I can until I get caught and then stop being really aggressive on reviews.
0: So I wouldn't do that. And I'll tell you why. I have seen people who got their second strike because of remnants of what happened the Uh, first time around. So for example, if you use a chat bot on Facebook, the offer doesn't expire. Like you can't make all those messages that you messaged people on Facebook go away. So I had someone taken down for that. We got them back up, but then people kept redeeming the offer from, four months ago or whatever, and Amazon didn't buy it. Now, eventually, we got the guy back up again, but it was a slog and it took several months and lots of executive escalations. And you can see why. They didn't believe it. There are too many of these strategies for reviews have remnants. They aren't just right now and then go away. They can continue for some time. Also, one of the exceptions. I should mention the exception. Y'all remember, gosh, was it last summer? It might've been sooner than that. When all those Chinese companies went down for review manipulation, they they got one strike and they were down. And it was because they were using farms to buy tons of clicks, reviews and upvotes and downvotes and all the things. Mm -hmm. And, And it was like in mass. And so the US sellers who come to us they might be doing bad things. They're not doing it like that. Like they're not, they're not getting five thousand reviews in a weekend. So I haven't run up against that to see if I can solve that first time <laughs> around because just people aren't doing that here. They they're they're doing they're trying to get fifty reviews, right? They're trying to get a handful of reviews. They're not trying to get five thousand reviews from a from a click farm somewhere in Russia,
1: right? <laughs> Dude, I saw video of the people i've met uh so so first of all big disclaimer lots a lots of honest hard-working good people who are non-american who are based in china so they are chinese sellers but they are honest good working hard-working provide good services people um, there's also lots of bad actors in the west too so like not not painting a racial stereotype there it, it is uh there's lots of different people everywhere right it's a big diverse group of people okay I've, my disclaimers there uh now i will say that i've been in china and have met a lot of people that play in a lot of these circles um again i never do any of these things so i'm a big believer in not doing anything black cat they show me some of the stuff they that they that their friends do and wow like what you just told me totally true i they've shown me videos and pictures of literally this, this room, it looks it's the size of a convenience store, you know, uh, filled with just shelves filled with phones, mobile devices with all just running Amazon, doing stuff like traffic bots that are like moving stuff and changing and adding the cart and like reviewing them, all these different things. And it just blew my mind that that kind of scale exists. So, yeah. Uh, but but okay. But short of that, so yes, don't do that. That's that is a huge <laughs> no no. Okay. What are most people kind of getting in trouble for? Is it like the friends leaving reviews and and paying people to leave reviews? Is that kind of the big like oops that they got caught for that kind of stuff right now?
0: So friends leaving reviews has always been a problem, and I think will continue to be one. And sadly, sometimes it's even that someone did it without you knowing um, we had a client who his he swore up and down, he hadn't done anything. And we went over the list of we had this massive list of questions of like every possible thing you could have done to get busted for review manipulation. So I'd asked him every single question. He's like, no, no, no. And I believed him. It was very convincing. I said, okay, I need you to actually call your friends and family members and ask them if they thought they were helping you and look through your reviews and see if anything seems familiar. He had an aunt who was in a book club and she got everyone in the book club to buy his product and leave a review. He had no idea, no idea. So these things happen. Even if you don't ask for it, people think they're helping also in large Amazon companies. A lot of times the employees do not realize the gravity of this and they will leave reviews. So that can be problematic. Um, Huge thing for a long time has been these Facebook groups and chatbots on Facebook. There are some very large brands that have got bust- gotten busted for that in the last year. Um, it's very problematic because they are flat out saying, when you give us a review that's for five stars, we will send you a coupon code for a new product. And it's all traceable. Uh, people need to remember that AWS, which is the servers that Amazon runs on, um, are leased out by other companies. That's actually where Amazon makes a lot of its profits now, is from companies using AWS for hosting. Uh, one of their clients is the National Security Agency, um, who uses AWS's servers that are out there in the desert out west. And uh, they use those servers to... Um, Oh, what do you call it? They're analyzing all the back-end cell phone data to find terrorists. So if you think Amazon can't figure out who wrote your reviews, I mean, they're using the same kind of data-sifting technologies that they built for the NSA. The NSA didn't come in and build this. AWS built it with contractors from the NSA. So just understand this is what you're up against. And eventually they find most of it. Because it's trails. Also, something people don't realize is there's a data sharing agreement between Amazon, Google, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, um, several other large social media platforms. They have a sharing agreement. The reason they have it is to prevent illegal activity. So they use it to catch money laundering. For example, if something is purchased on eBay and then moved over on Amazon, they, they help each other out because they have all these fiduciary responsibilities under federal law. Well, they also use it because of the FTC to catch all of these fake reviews. Wow. So it's just going to get harder to not get caught. It's like the sooner you accept it, the better off you're going to be, because really you do not want to be like some of my clients that are, their brand is gone forever. And they literally had to just, wholesale it all to someone because they could not get their account back. Um, It's a very unfortunate when that happens. I understand and believe that the way things are is unfair. I know it's hard and unfair the way other companies get away with it that like some of these click farm companies, right? That all of a sudden have all these reviews. I get it, but you also don't want to be living like the Wile e. Coyote cartoon with the anvil over your head, just waiting for it to fall on you someday. Uh, that's not a, that's not a good way to live.
1: Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. I, I uh, um, mm, wow. That's a lot to process there. It, it's, <laughs> <laughs> I It's funny. I always tell people, I'm like, yeah, Amazon's like God. It's not all. It's like they're all knowing and all seeing. Not necessarily all good though. So they're 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 like a semi. I don't know. They're I I don't know. They. I just assume that they know all and see all, right? So people have told me like, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I just like my friend from from high school. Um, I just defriended him on Facebook. He bought the thing, left a review, and I friended him back on because I heard that like your friends on Facebook, they'll, they'll do the review thing. They'll figure it out. I'm like, I don't think that's that easy. I don't think you can just like hit a button, defriend, leave a review, okay, refriend. It just doesn't work that way. Amazon and all these big tech companies, they know so much about everything. I think we don't even know what, what they know. And also, not only that, but all those breadcrumbs are there to possibly find in the future right? That maybe a year or two from now, they might even find the breadcrumbs. So I think in general, just, just, again, like I said, have a great product, do a good job. Eh, and then, you know, like, don't try to cheat the system too much. But you tell me, Leslie, if we do get caught, if we do get, um, let's say, let's uh, maybe, maybe two different scenarios. One, we're, we're intentionally being antagonistic or, or kind of aggressive. It's called it aggressive one where we're intentionally being aggressive we got caught and now we need to fix it and the other scenario where we're not we are doing the honest thing we have a good product we're doing our thing and we got a false flag how do you help how do you help us so
0: the strategy is really the same both ways you're getting this is what makes people's head want to explode um now, when you say being aggressive, it depends. There's two kinds of being aggressive. There's just trying to make things better for yourself. And then there's hurting other people. If you're hurting other people, you're going to, you're not going to fall under review manipulation or something nice like that. You're going to fall under code of conduct section three, which is where Amazon immediately blocks your account and they do not intend to entertain appeals. Now, can we get people back from section three? Yes, we do it every single day. It is not a straight line. It takes a long time. We have to go to executives. No one in seller performance is going to reinstate that mess. Not going to happen unless it was a false positive. So just know that if it looks like you're out to get hurt people, either buyers on Amazon or other sellers, it throws you in a different category immediately. So when we talk about the Russian click farms, and y'all understand that to Andrew's point earlier... Some of the reasons that these things exist in China and Russia is because of the law, because it's really hard for Amazon to go send a cease and desist. So we're not talking about the people in those countries being bad or anything like that. It's just these operations exist in places where it's much more difficult for Amazon or federal law to go after these people. If they, if this existed in Washington state, the FTC would be all over them and it would be considered fraud. So. Just, just know that. But like, if you're if you're paying a Russian click farm to downvote all of your competitors' positive reviews and to attack them, that's a Section Three. That's a whole different ballgame. Um, if if it's false positives or silly mistakes, Amazon wants the truth. Amazon, believe it or not, and. I could go on for hours about all the bad things about Amazon. A great thing about Amazon is they are a culture of second chances. They truly believe in second chances and they believe in an escalation culture where if there is a false positive, they want you to tell them and explain what went wrong. Executives want to hear. There's teams in Amazon that want to know how they messed up. Um, shocking and doesn't feel true but trust me we just have to get it to the right person who is going to care um, but they do believe in second chances if you mess up and get suspended for any reason you almost always get a second chance and in a lot of cases third fourth fifth chances
1: nice i love that ah good well i hope i hope amazon yes when if we if it is a false positive or or if we made a mistake and we learned our lesson i'm glad they they gave us they're giving us a second chance so that's fantastic. Leslie, thank you so much for, for giving us all those uh, tips and tricks on how to keep our ASINs and our accounts safe. I like to ask everybody the same three questions because I like having, I, I love having the consistency between interviewees on, uh, uh, on these same three questions. Leslie, what's your why? Why do you do this Amazon compliance thing instead of working some nine to five somewhere?
0: So I'm going to be the cheesy stereotype and talk about my family. Can I do that? (laughs) Sure, yeah. So I have, I'm married, I've been married for 26 years. I have two boys that I love so much. They're 20 and 14. And before they were born, I decided I wanted to be a mom who could be at home and do all the things, go to all of the you know, go to the class play and never miss a ball game and all that good stuff. What turned out, it was a really great thing that I took the entrepreneurial path to do that because both of my kids have challenges. One of them is on the autism spectrum. The other one had childhood cancer when he was eight. And so I have gotten to and had the privilege of homeschooling, doing all the doctor's appointments, being with them step-by-step-by-step by step by step because they both needed a lot more support than your average kid. And now I feel so blessed because with Riverbend, this is the best venture I've ever been a part of. My partner and I, we've been very successful in growing a big company And now we can use some of those resources to give back. And so we have charities that address childhood cancer and that address autism that our family supports um, year uh, year round and just love it. So my, my boys wouldn't have it either any other way. And neither would I,
1: Oh man, I got the chills listening to that. That's great. (laughs) Ah, that's why I asked these things. That's amazing. So (laughs) the aspiration to be a stay at home mom, to help your kids that have challenges and then, and then, then building that into something that is successful enough to actually give back to the community and help other moms in the same situation. So I love that. That's amazing. Thank you for doing that.
0: Oh, well, we're just so lucky. We, we did have great help along the way. And it is so important that when you get out of the dark places, <laughs> that then you help other people who are in the dark places. So that, that is something we work toward all the time. It's. It's so important and you know, so many business owners, we are blessed that we have more freedom of time, flexible schedules, and that we can do these things. So as a community, entrepreneurs really should be looking for these causes we can support.
1: I love that, that's fantastic. Leslie, what's one piece of media you can share with us? A book, a podcast, a website, a YouTube channel, what's one piece of media?
0: So I am a Cal Newport fangirl. Uh, any book by Cal Newport. My favorite is Deep Work. I think so many of us have gotten away from being able to focus and really make serious changes in our business because we're pulled 25 directions. Um, he's written so many great books. They're all awesome.
1: Nice. Tell me, I have I've don't think I've ever read anything by him. Tell me a little bit more about Deep Work.
0: So Deep Work is talking about How to arrange your schedule so you have blocks of time that you're really focused on certain priorities and you're not checking your email, you're not checking social media, all the other screens are turned off and you are focused and figuring out how much time you need to devote to the important projects in your business And time blocking your entire week or even your month so that you can make real progress. And I've found that just by time blocking two or three hours a day where I say, okay, today I'm going to focus on this one project. Oh my goodness, I make such real change happen for the better in my business. And you can even work fewer hours. I mean, I don't because I have so much going on. (laughs) I'll admit it, um, but you know, if you really want to get a con- get control and get a handle on your schedule, you can work a lot less hours if you really focus the time that you're sitting at your desk.
1: Oh, I love that. That's fantastic. I gotta say, one of my most productive things I do in my business is hit airplane mode on my phone. Oh my God, like <laughs> just get that like two hours or that like block between lunch and the next meeting, whatever, and the airplane mode and turn off Slack, turn off email, turn off text, turn off all the things and just like deep work. I love it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna check that book out. That sounds fantastic. Leslie, what is one actionable thing that Amazon sellers can do today?
0: So just from my perspective of caring about account health, If you haven't gone and spent a little quality time in your account health section recently, go do it right now. Go look and see, do you have some ASINs that are suspended that you just haven't addressed? Do you have some where Amazon has left them live, but they asked you for invoices? You should probably send those. Um, Are they complaining because voice of the customer is showing some numbers are out of whack? It's really easy to ignore that section of your account as well as stranded inventory. Stranded inventory is also full of red flags. And anytime you're ignoring your stranded inventory or your suspended ASINs, you are leaving money on the table. You've got inventory. It's not selling. So get in there and tackle those. You'd be surprised at how quickly you can solve them if you make it a priority with your phone on airplane mode. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there you go. Uh, I love it. Leslie, thank you so much for coming on and sharing some tips on account suspensions and uh, the returns report and the review manipulation and then sharing those great books and that wonderful why with us, uh, Riverbend. Uh, I guess the, the biggest thing you guys have our account, like uh, ba- helping Amazon sellers with your account appeals, ASIN appeals, and then just kind of overall account protection, right?
0: absolutely and how can
1: we get a hold of you guys
0: Uh, so you can find us at riverbendconsulting.com and we've got phone numbers there that we actually answer our phones (laughs) and talk to you and see if we can help you we help with other random amazon problems as well so if there's something you just haven't been able to solve as a seller give us a shout or fill out the form um at our website and we'd be happy to talk
1: awesome thank you so much
0: thank you for having me
1: Hey guys, if you found value from this episode, I would love if you could tell the world. And if you don't wanna tell the entire world, I would love for you to tell iTunes at least. If you can go to iTunes, if you listen to this podcast on iTunes, go ahead and go leave us a review. I have a few here that are amazing that I love to read out. I read every single review that's posted. Go to iTunes, leave a review. Also, Spotify now is allowing ratings. So please go onto Spotify and super easy. You don't even have to write anything. You just hit five stars and leave that review. You know, as an Amazon seller, how important reviews are to your business. I am asking you at the goodness of your heart, please leave me a review as well. Thanks.